Welcome to Midwest Wander. I'm Skip. I'm Connie. In today's podcast episode, we're going to talk about a trolley tour that we took on a trip to Dodge City, Kansas. I'll tell you why I like to take tours of a city when we get there. You learn so much about the city, the history, and the significance of some of the buildings that you might not even pay attention to. And we learned a lot on this tour. We absolutely did. We learned about the Santa Fe Trail and Fort Dodge and the cattle drives, the Old West days, and up until the cattle industry today, 60% of their economy is based on the cattle industry. Did you know that? I did not know that. No. Well, I guess we both know it we now. Didn't. We know it now. <laughs> Absolutely. So we got on the trolley, which runs, by the way, from Memorial Day to Labor Day. And they run, I think, four tours a day. It leaves from the visitor center. The visitor center is right in the same parking lot as the Boot Hill Museum, which is a definite, you have to do it if you go to Dodge City, because it's really phenomenal. I think that's one of the major attractions there. I'd almost say start with the museum, go through that, and then take the trolley tour. You get a little bit of background in the museum. True, that's true. And actually, we did it that way. Boot Hill, first of all, is, well, it's a hill that was on the outskirts of Dodge City during the Old West days. And that's where they buried the, oh, I guess it'd be like Potter's Field, cowboys who would come into town who were killed during a shootout. Nobody knew who they were. If you were anybody of any significance, you got buried over at Fort Dodge. Which was about five miles east of the actual city. Right. So Boot Hill is there. Bodies are no longer there. They moved them, and you'll learn all about that. After we left Boot Hill area, we went downtown and learned a lot. They've got a lot of statues, or several statues, in the downtown area. One they say is the most significant is El Capitan. Yes. The El Capitan statue is a tribute to the steers that were used to lead a herd during a cattle drive. In some cases, a steer would be used again to lead a herd in another cattle drive. Right. And it's funny, the way they kind of marry the real Old West with the fictional Gunsmoke characters. Like, there's a statue of James Arness there, but then they have White Earp, and they have Doc Holliday. All people that made the history made up part of the history of Dodge City. That's true. It's kind of neat, though, because they have a Gunsmoke street there, so they really embrace the Gunsmoke team. Oh, the yeah. uh, TV show was... Longest-running TV show up until a few years ago, and it was tied by another show for, I believe it was 20 years. Wow. So they took us to other places, though. Gospel Hill, one church opened up there, and then another, and then another. They said the Presbyterians, and the Methodists, and then the Catholic, Episcopalian, and the Baptists. And the Episcopal Church is the oldest standing church. A lot of these churches started out with little wooden buildings, and they were raised, and other buildings were put in their place. But the Presbyterian is actually the oldest. Another really nice church is the Sacred Heart Cathedral, which was the cathedral for the diocese. It no longer is, but it's got the old Spanish mission-style architecture. And it's open, actually, during the day, so you can actually go in and see it. And then a couple other places that we went past were Mueller-Schmidt Home. It's a home made of stone, and we actually toured that later on. And the Santa Fe Depot. And Santa Fe Depot is probably not a building that you would even go into now because it's used most... Well, actually, the Amtrak station is still in there. So you could go in there. But what you probably wouldn't know is that upstairs, there's still a hotel room. It was at one time the Harvey House Hotel and Restaurant, and Fred Harvey started this Harvey House restaurant business and hotel business and encouraged young, respectable women to come out west 
asked to become Harvey girls and they had all kinds of rules. They had to be single and they had curfews and they had a dormitory where they lived. Yeah, the dormitory is not in the train station. It's adjacent to the train station. Right. Really. Yeah, and it's used now by the theater company. But as they were changing the upstairs into offices, they actually kept one of the hotel rooms. So you can actually go up and see what the hotel room looked like. And that's something that if you were just visiting Dodge City and didn't take a tour, you might not even know about that or know that you could go in there to see that hotel room. And it's open for people to visit Just go into the train station, mention to the people at the front desk that you'd like to see the hotel room, and they will direct you to it. Right. So we left the downtown area, and we were headed out to the feedlots, and first we stopped at this Butter and Egg Road, which I think has a funny story behind it. Everybody always called it Butter and Egg Road, and there were no street signs at the time, and it's just where people went to get their butter and eggs from the farm. And so they called it Butter and Egg Road. So when 911 came about and they needed to get the signage up for the 911 purposes, they were naming it something else. I don't remember, Larry something road. And people threw a fit. (laughs) They said, no, it's Butter and Egg Road. So they came up with the sign Butter and Egg Road. Although I guess down the street further, they do have the Larry, whatever it is, road signs. But our driver, Bob, who was really cool, he used to work for the city making signs. And he said he had to make that sign over and over again because it was the most stolen sign ever. But we went down to the feedlots then and pew. (laughs) We've seen feedlots around the southwest and in Texas and this feedlot complex is enormous. We've seen the one in Texas on Interstate 40 near Amarillo but this this dwarfs that. Yeah hundreds of acres, thousands and thousands of cattle. They bring them in when they're about 600 pounds. And this goes back to the days when they had cattle drives bringing longhorn cattle up from Texas. And by the time they'd get there, they were skinny and they really had to be fattened up, I guess. So they do bring the cattle in at about 600 pounds. They feed them till they're about a thousand pounds. There are four packing companies, I believe, in the area. And some of them process about 6,000 cattle every day. Those numbers are just astronomical. And then one of the last stops on the trip was Fort Dodge, which opened as people were driving the Santa Fe Trail and they were being attacked by the Indians. At first, the Plains Indians were very friendly, and then they realized that as traffic increased, these people were being a threat to their their lives, existence, their, yeah. yeah, their existence and their lifestyle. And so they started attacking. This is one of three forts in the area. That was a fairly substantial area that Fort Dodge had to protect hundreds square miles and it was a limited number of cavalry out there to cover this vast area. But the fort did after the railroad came and more settled and whatnot. The fort did close in 1882 and in 1890 they sold it to Kansas State for I think it was like a dollar 25 an acre or something like that and it became the Kansas State Soldiers Home and it's still that today. You can see some of the old buildings they have that was General Custer. He wasn't ever stationed there but apparently he he would stay there when he would visit. And a few the other... Barracks. Yeah, uh, the barracks. Building. There is a museum there. We ended up not doing that because we went there in an evening and the museum was closed. There's also an old, I think it was a veteran's hospital that ended up closing after the Vietnam War because they could not afford... to meet current standards, ADA standards. They could not afford to put in the ADA requirements. So it closed and it's sitting vacant. Well, back to the fort and some of the buildings, they've been restored. Some of the buildings are in active use, as I mentioned about 
soldiers' dorm area or soldiers' quarters that's actually used as offices. And you can see some of the buildings throughout the area that have been restored and are in active use today. Yeah, and there are a lot of individual homes there, too, that I believe are used by disabled veterans. Disabled veterans. And on the way back, we learned a couple of more things. The Teachers Hall of Fame that we ended up visiting later on. Kansas Teachers Hall of Fame, the first one of its type in the country. And in the upstairs, there's a wax museum that has life-size figures of real Old West characters and kind of gives their recorded story. You can follow it along on your cell phone. And there's an old schoolhouse out back that was found in somebody's ranch. And people called and said, hey, you can have this if you move it. So they moved it there. It was in horrible condition, of course, because it had been just sitting there for years. And they restored it, painted it white. It's beautiful. It came with the original piano that was in it. And when they went to tune it, there were only two keys that were out of tune. which was amazing for this piano just sitting out in this deserted building all those years. Well, the tour took a little over an hour. We learned a lot more. Like you said, we learned a lot at the museum, and then this kind of backed it up. And then from there, we took it and we visited some of these places. And the visitor center you can't miss because of the steam locomotive that sits out front along the Wyatt Parkway. It was a great visit. Enjoyed it. I'm Skip. I'm Connie. Safe travels. Happy travels.